Lions, Bengals, and Bears, none of my guys scared. Chase rumbling, any one of them guys there. Wayne Young and he hungry, I pray we patient with him. I pray he leave with some money, I pray he leave with his health. Yeah. Uh, the physical and mental The thing I like about football is that stats kill opinions This rap shit I licked it I ain't about to knock it This whole summer I was buying oil and went to Prada And I tried being peaceful But my peace was getting bothered So no doubt we got them eagles We go Carson Wentz, Stefani Okay, 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 okay What's going on ladies and gentlemen Welcome to episode 130 of Electrified I'm your host, Eric Lyons Man, I am happy to be here today, and I would like to apologize that I wasn't here yesterday. Listen, I had some technical difficulties, and then if you follow me on social media, you know that the boy has been a little bit under the weather since around Friday through probably Tuesday-ish into Wednesday. Uh, I did go get a COVID test. I'm waiting for the results of that, but I don't think I have covid I truly believe it was just a bad cold or or a bad sinus infection that just, you know, for precautions, for safety, I want to go get a test. And it was a very invasive test. I do not understand how professional athletes and people who work in healthcare continuously do that because they were in my brain. I had to do it myself, so I was in my own brain, Uh, I went up my nose and I brought out some brain chunks, I'm sorry for that imagery in your mind, but lord, I don't know how to do it, I don't know, I don't know, I'm so glad that was my first and hopefully my last time doing that, I want no parts of the COVID test and I want no parts of COVID, man. Just, you know, stay safe out there, wear your mask, wash your hands, because that's what I'm doing. I've been following all protocols. I don't go anywhere but to work and home. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I just hope that this was just a bad cold. And, yeah, because I don't really have – I didn't have any of the big symptoms or anything like that. So, yeah, I just – it was for precaution, man. It was for precaution. But I'm back here. I told you guys at the top of the year, no weeks off, no matter what, rain, sleet, snow, Sick, healthy, didn't matter to me, man. I'm here every week, new episodes. Yeah, so, got a good episode lined up for you today. We're going to be talking a lot of boxing. Big boxing episode today. Going to get into some NBA stuff. Um, going to address the Cam Newton situation and the NFL. A little bit of the NFL free agency to wrap us up today. So, let's get started with the big fight this weekend, man. We got Canelo Alvarez taking on Avini Yildrum this Saturday night live on the zone and pay-per-view. This fight will be in Miami at the Hard Rock uh at the my uh at the Dolphins Hard Rock Stadium and this will be at 168 for the for Canelo's WBC and WBA super middleweight titles. So let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about this fight. Let me tell you something about this fight. Because I don't think a lot of people understand how the game of boxing, how the world of boxing, how the business works when it comes to top fighters or anybody in the sport. If you don't know what a tune-up is, a tune-up fight is, let me tell you what a tune-up fight is. It's like when a big college program schedules a tiny college program on their schedule. Like... If UMD decides to play like a Morgan or something like that, a team that they usually wouldn't play outside of conference play just to get the ball rolling, 
you know, a team that you know you're going to blow out, but you just want to go out there, get your guys rolling, get you some first contact, your first licks of the season, and, and then you move on. That's what a tune-up fight is. So Canelo Alvarez takes this fight against Avini Yildrum because he knows he has what's supposed to be lined up, a, a unification bout against Billy Joe Saunders this May. So he's just getting back into things, staying active, staying busy, and, and you know, just warming up for his fight this May. So what we're going to see Saturday night if the fight goes the way I believe it's going to go, which I believe is going to be a dominant display of Canelo Alvarez, whether it's going to be a knockout, which I think it could be. I don't see this fight going the distance. I think it's going to be just another impressive uh, display for Canelo Alvarez. But... We're going to see some complaining, especially on Twitter. We're going to see some complaining on social media. Oh, man, why is he cherry-picking? Why is he ducking so-and-so? Why is he fighting so-and-so? Oh, please, fight Triple G again. See, this is why he won't fight Triple No. No. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a tune-up fight. It's a tune-up fight. He, this man, just fought not too long ago. He just fought not too long ago. Literally just won a belt. Uh, literally just was in the title fight against Cullum Smith in December. He's getting back to it. Four months later, two four months later, he's already in the ring. Another big fight. Another one. He's back in action at 30 years old. The 25 and under guys aren't even doing this. There are guys that have an age, are, are, are young, very young, that won't do this right here. They're fighting once a year. That's not happening with Canelo. Canelo, if he wasn't in that legal situation with DAZN and Golden Boy this past year, he probably would be would have been more active. But now he's he's on his own. He's doing his own thing with him and Eddie Hurt. Yo, Canelo Alvarez. He's active. I love to see top guys be active because we don't see that, once again, especially from the younger guys, which is crazy to me. Everybody is looking for the perfect fight. Everybody is looking for the perfect split. Everybody is looking for um, the perfect paycheck, but that simply does not exist in all on all avenues. Everything in life is circumstantial. You deal with what you, with, with what you get. So when I see Canelo Alvarez going up against a guy who hasn't fought in two years, but I know that down the line, a couple months later, he's going to have a title, another unification bout, and he'll be bringing himself one step closer to uni uh, becoming undisputed at 168. I have no problem with this fight on Saturday night. I'm just excited to see my favorite boxer in the ring. Because if he's not, what if, what if he wasn't taking a fight like this? What if he was? What if he didn't take this fight? What if he said, "You know what? No, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back to May till I'm fighting for another belt." Then you guys will be upset that he's not active. Then you guys will be upset that he's not taking taking any fights. Then then he would really be cherry picking. So you can't make anybody happy, and I think that now Canelo Alvarez is starting to see that. I don't think until he until the Triple G. Saga began and the talks about that began 
did we see people really start to flip on Canelo Alvarez and see him as the heel in the sport. I believe that Canelo Alvarez was a face for a long time, especially after uh, the Floyd Mayweather fight. I feel like he gained a lot of fans after that outside of Mexico. And even through his come up, because I've been watching Canelo Alvarez since 2011, and I'm a big guy, I'm a big Canelo guy, always have been, always will be, he's my favorite boxer in the sport, but I think that when the Triple G situation came about, that's when we saw people turn on him and see him more in a negative light, then you got the thing that happened with the meat, then you get, you know, you get into the Triple G saga, you get the controversial draw, and then people feel like the decision didn't go, shouldn't have went his way, so people feel a way about Canelo Alvarez, and I think that now he's starting to see that, and it's like whatever, it's like whatever, so, you know, he's doing the media, the media uh, run this week, uh, here's what he had to say about everybody talking about uh, his fight this weekend. Give me one moment. He said, Canelo on critics of the Yodrum fight. I really don't have to give any explanation because they're never going to be happy with anything. I just fought number one at 168 pounds. They're not happy with that either. So I have nothing to say. I don't care. Simple as that. Point blank, period. He doesn't owe anybody an explanation. All he has to do is get in that ring, do his job, get paid. That's it, and that's all. And you got to respect that. Canelo Alvarez is the man. He's the man. He shouldn't have to chase these guys at 168. They should be chasing him. And that's what he's doing. He's hunting guys down right now. He's hunting guys down. He's a free man, so he can do whatever he wants. He can do whatever he wants. So let's look at the let's look at the tail of the tape for the fight this weekend. Let's start off with Canelo. He's 54, 1 and 12, 36 total knockouts. He stands at 5'8 with a 70 inch, 70 and a half inch reach. He's 30 years old. He's an orthodox fighter, and he's won two of his last five fights by KO or two or TKO. Then you look at the flip side, you look at Avini Yildrum, 21 and 2 with 12 KOs. He's been knocked out one time. He stands at 5'11 and a half. Another fight. Canelo's fighting a much taller opponent than him. Uh, he's 70 inch reach. He's 29 years old. Also an orthodox fighter. This is the first time he has fought in two years. I believe his last fight was in February of 2019. And that came. Uh, that fight resulted in a loss against a um, against Andre Anthony Durrell. Anthony Durrell, uh, this was back uh, almost two years to the date, February 23rd, 2019. So this is a guy who has not been active over the last two years. His last fight was a loss. We can see what this fight could be. But this is boxing. Anything can happen. But we know, <laughs> we know what this can be and what this probably will be. Just a showcase of Canelo's skill, just dusting off the tools, you know, Knocking, not that there is any ring rust, but keeping the ring rust away in preparation for the fight in May. That's all this fight will be. Um, I'm just happy to see a top guy, if not the top guy, stay active in the ring. And I really hope that we see Canelo Alvarez, which I, which I don't, I don't see this happening. But I would love to see him embrace that villain 
that villain that everybody is trying to make him to be because it's not his fault that he's so good. It's not his fault that he's been given the opportunities that he was given. If anything, you all should be putting more respect on his name. Canelo Alvarez, to me, is in that GOAT conversation, especially if he uh, becomes undisputed at 168. Look at this man's resume. This is, this, is, this is why Canelo Alvarez is the pound-for-pound pound king of boxing right now. You can talk about your Errol Spences. You can talk about, the, about your Teofimo Lopez. You can talk about your Lomachenkos. You can talk about your Bud Crawfords. But when you talk about Canelo Alvarez, nobody else has this resume. Look at who he's beaten, ladies and gentlemen. You, gotta, you got to give this man his respect. Sergey Kovalev, Daniel Jacobs, Triple G, uh, Amir Khan, Miguel Cotto, Arislandi Lara, Austin Trout, Josecito Lopez, Sugar Shane Mosley. And the list goes on. He's beating everybody at 147, 168, 154, 175. This man has done it all. And he's only 30 years old. Put some respect on his name. When we talk about when it's all said and done, Canelo Alvarez could be. When we talk about goats and this and and since two thousand, we're talking about this this where we are right now. I'm not talking about when TV was in black and white. I'm not talking about when guys was was fighting for fifteen rounds because it's a different sport now. I'm talking about the modern era when we talk about the Floyds, the Pacquiao's. The Kodos, the guys that have been in this sport. We talk about the guys who have been at the top of the game. Floyd Mayweather was at the top of the game for two decades. Floyd Mayweather, GOAT. Canelo Alvarez is right there. When it, he, He'll be right there when it's all said and done. Point blank, period. So I hope that he, he started embracing it. He knows he's the pound-for-pound pound king, and he knows that you guys don't like that, but he's going to embrace that. I would love to see him embrace more of the hillside. So, Saturday night, after Canelo Alvarez gets his early knockout victory in the fifth round, Bleacher Report, ESPN, and SportsCenter are going to post his picture after the fight. Canelo Alvarez defends and retains his titles and then in the comment section and the replies, we're going to see a lot of comments. We're going to see a lot of complaining. We're going to see a lot of being and moaning, but that will not matter because, ladies and gentlemen, Canelo Alvarez is the king. He's the king of the ring. Seriously, Canelo Alvarez. It's it's not a game, man. It's not a game. He's no game. He's no game. He's not a joke. His only loss is the Floyd Mayweather. Go look at the tape. Go go look at his resume. Pound for pound, king number one in the sport until he retires or somebody beats him. Seriously. Seriously. And I'm excited for this fight on Saturday night. Once again, uh, this will be Saturday night. I, I, gotta go. I haven't looked at the full card yet. I'll probably take a look at that um, between tonight and tomorrow. But, yeah, man. Canelo Alvarez, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a great fight. Um, I'm excited to see him back in the ring. Let's see. So, let's stay in the realm of boxing. And let's talk about. What we watched or, you know, what transpired over this past weekend uh, between Showtime and ESPN, they both put on fight cards. I got stuck watching The Sleeper, and I didn't get to see the exciting fight on ESPN. So let's talk about that. And I want to tell you guys why boxing is not dead. So, like, I feel like 
for years now, people have been trying to kill the the sport of boxing. I feel like every every two years, there's an article or 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 some sort of think piece or a segment on TV where people will sit down and and say that the sport of boxing is dead. Post Floyd. People were trying to kill boxing off. Like they said, there were never going. There was never going to be another star. People were saying there was there was never going to be another pay per view star. Nobody was going to bring in the cash. Of Floyd is made. Okay, well that happens. Floyd goes away, but then we see Canelo Alvarez become the man in the sport. We see the welterweight division have an influx of talent. We see Errol Spence. We see uh, Bud Crawford. We see. Uh, guys like Keith Thurman, we see guys like uh, Danny Garcia, then we, we, we can go lighter than that, we look at the Devin Haney's, we look at the Teofimo Lopez, we look at the Vasily Lomachenko's, we look at the Javante Davis, we look at the Shakur Stevens, we can go to heavyweight, we saw Deontay Wilder become the first American heavyweight champion in years, 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 and, 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 and put the heavyweight uh, division back on the map Deontay Wilder did that I don't care what you say about him Deontay Wilder put the Heavyweight title uh, Put the heavyweight uh, division back on the map That was a dying That was a dying division And the heavyweight division 80's 90's Way back Yeah even early 2000's The heavyweight division was the division Then the Klitschko brothers came Killed it all Yeah Deontay Wilder put it back on the map. Then we see, you know, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, hell, even Andy Ruiz, but they are up and coming heavyweight fighters in the sport. Then you look in, in, in any division in the sport of boxing, there are stars right now. There are stars. So don't let anybody tell you or try to convince you that the sport of boxing is dead because a promise is not. I promise it's not. The sport of boxing is alive and well. It's alive and well. So don't yeah, don't 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 do that. Don't do that. The sport is alive and well. The sport is alive and well. Well, you got the, the Charlo brothers, uh Jared Hurd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's alive and well. Erickson Lubin, come on man. I can I can rattle off boxes all day long. I can rattle them off. I can write them off because I know, man, it's just too many guys in the sport right now for you guys to be saying that the sport is dead. Yeah, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And, and even this past weekend we saw, let me tell you something. I was so upset when I saw this big knockout uh, come across my phone as I was in the middle of the the, uh, the Showtime Adrian Broner uh, snore sleep fest man snooze fest I was so disappointed I missed a buzzer beater knockout man that that was nuts that was nuts that was nuts that 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 was nuts so the next day I ended up watching the uh Oscar Valdez and uh, Michael Bruchette fight in in full the next day on ESPN and man I was impressed I, I enjoyed what I saw. So Oscar Valdez beats the, uh, the former undefeated Michael Bruchette and took his WBC Super Featherweight title uh, after two knockdowns and a knockout. 
that came, like, what, six seconds left in the fight, put him to sleep, like, <sighs> read him a bedtime story type of sleep, like, scared, yo, is he going to get up type of sleep, like, God is on line one, call God type of sleep, like, he was, it was slumber time, like, it was a slumber party in the middle of the ring, yeah, it was, it was one of those, um, I didn't see that fight when it happened because I was over on Showtime, unfortunately, but, Oscar Valdez, man, he's a he's a title holder, holder holder. Wow, at one thirty now, and we've already heard Shakur Stevens' name mentioned and Javante Davis's name mentioned uh, as you know possible opponents. You know he he's he's a guy now. He's a title holder, and he's going to be posing problems for everybody in that division. And everybody is just now licking their chops at him. But that is just goes to show, man. At any moment in time. In the sport, a star can be born. So when people say boxing is dead, that's just simply not true. And they are not only ignorant, but just misinformed. Just say you don't know the sport. Just say you don't know the sport. And that's okay. Because if you don't know the sport, I can I can help you. I can inform you. Because that's what I'm here to do. I want to I'm, at the end of the day, I'm not only here to entertain, but I'm here to inform. So, you know, that happened. That was great. Glad that happened. I'm glad it was free on ESPN, and you know the knockout went viral. So that's always good for the sport when something good in the sport happens. That's not celebrity boxing or not Jake Paul or King Ryan, uh, cap ass related. Like it's always good when something good happens for the sport, um, and it goes viral, um, and attracts stuff to the you know attracts new eyes, fresh eyes to the sport. Like my guy Angelo. He's fallen in love with the sport over this past year, and I'm so happy that I have, you know, somebody who is actively engaged in the sport like me now. So that's cool, and, and it's always great, you know, when new fans come to the sport. But you know how you can turn people off it's when you put on a card like you did last weekend, Showtime? We got to have a conversation. Now, I like Robert Easter. I was happy to see him back in the ring and happy to see him looking sharp. All right, cool. But the Dominic Brazil fight, trash. And then, Lord have mercy. I don't know how everybody was talking about, oh, Adrian Broner is back. Ah, oh, he's back. Look at him. He looks sharp. I don't know what the hell y'all were watching, but we weren't watching the same fight. Last time I talked to you guys, I came in here and I said, yo, this is his comeback. I need to see, he needs to impress me. I think I said that he had to impress me and I wanted to see uh, 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 um, a stoppage or uh, a knockout, something like that. That's not what we got. That's not what we got. He, It was the same old AB. He was looking gun shy, like he didn't want to throw his hands. And I was unimpressed. It was a very lax, lackluster, underwhelming performance. I wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed. Nothing about that made me have uh, any, you know, any uh, hope for the rest of his career. And what really threw me through a loop was that they both couldn't make the 147. I mean, excuse me, the 140 weight limit. But for him to not be able to make that, and then after just talking cash s h i t about taking all the belts at 140, and you can't even make the weight, fat boy. That's a problem for me, man. That's that's an issue. That's an issue. I, it just shows no no discipline, and it's like he's not taking this serious. 
The only thing he wants to do is give us the 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 uh, Ric Flair type beat promo after the fights, and I just feel like if you're not winning like impressively anymore, you can't do that. You can't take your W and go home and get ready for the next one. Because there better be a next one within the next six months. Because you're not hurt. Nothing bad happened to you in this fight. If if Brona's not back in the ring, what's this, February? March, April, May, June. I better see him back here in May. May or June. If he's not fighting again in May or June, I don't want to hear nothing else about him. Seriously. Seriously. That was that was that was not Fun to watch, dog. He he didn't land a single punch in the first round. Didn't land a single punch in the first round. So let's take a look at the compu box numbers. Santiago outlanded Broner two hundred seven to ninety eight. He outlanded Broner two hundred seven to ninety eight, ladies and gentlemen. Two hundred seven to ninety eight. That was the final score of the punch stats. It's one hundred nine punches he outlanded him by. His highest output. Put per round, his highest output in a round was 14 punches landed, right? And at only three rounds, three out of 12 rounds, did Broner land uh, double digit punches. Everything else single digit. So, how did he win this fight? I have no idea. He was not the busier opponent, he wasn't the more effective opponent. I don't know who scored this fight 117 to 110. But I would like, can we judge, can we drug test judges? Can the commission drug test judges? Because they need to be checked. They need to be checked. Or they need to get some Adderall because they clearly were not focused this past Saturday night. I don't know what, I, I, I don't know what they were watching, man. I wasn't impressed. I don't know how he won that fight. I thought he lost. Oh, I thought it could have been, maybe it was going to be a draw if they wanted to be weird. But I thought he lost. Wasn't impressed. Was not impressed at all. He looked stagnant, man. I needed. I wanted him to come back and make a statement, like, "Yo, I'm here. I'm back." You. I, we didn't get that. We didn't get that by any means. It was. The, it was actually. Excuse me. It was actually the complete opposite. It was the complete opposite. So, yeah, I was very, very disappointed with that one. Very disappointed with that one. But I think that's all I had, man, for the boxing. Uh, like I said, man, we got Canelo Alvarez versus Afeni Yildrim this Saturday night. I'm excited for that. But I know a lot of you have been waiting to hear me talk a little bit of basketball. So let's get into some NBA hoops, man. Let's do that. Okay, so. Wow, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I have not been paying very much attention to the NBA. Uh, because you know football season, and I just well, I really wasn't too intrigued. I'm never too intrigued um, when it's not playoff time. But now we're about to be getting ready to go into the All Star break. And yesterday they released the uh, second half of the season schedule. And then after I watched that game, the Mavs game on Tuesday night, the Mavs and Celtics. Now I'm here. I'm ready to hoop now. Now I'm ready to hoop because. I, that was a good game. That felt like a playoff game. That felt like a playoff game. And you guys know, this is a Luka Doncic stand account, man. That boy is cold-blooded. Like, cold-blooded. Every time I see him in the clutch, like, it's only a couple of guys that you just know 
that when it's when it's when it's time to go and the clock is winding down, you just know it's going in. It's not too many of those guys, but Luca is becoming one of them because he hit the clutch one before the buzzer beater, and then he hit the buzzer beater, and it's just like yo, a step back three from the parking lot. Two, three hands in his face, it didn't matter. It's going in, just like the one he hit in the bubble. It's going in, and, and you just know it is. Uh, I love watching Luka play basketball. He's, he's becoming one of my favorite players for sure. And now I'm excited for basketball. I'm, I'm here now. So let's take a look at the current standings. Uh, let's take a look at the current standings. See where we are after the, almost at the what? End of the first half of the season, because I I didn't even know how they were breaking the season down this uh, this year. I'm I'm telling y'all, man, I was not paying attention. All right, so we got the Seventy Sixers, the Nets, the Bucks, the Pacers, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Knicks, and then the uh, the Bulls right there. We got twenty one and eleven Seventy Sixers and the twenty one and twelve Nets with the best you know the two best records. And listen, man, the Nets, the Nets are the real deal to a certain extent. I feel like that they are missing just a little something. Whether you know, it's like you know, not a whole bench and defense isn't that well. That's what will concern me when we get to talking about how deep they can go in the playoffs. We all know that KD, Kyrie, James Harden, three of the best scorers in the game. You know it's going to be a barrage, and they've been winning without KD, and impressively, uh, they're seven and three over the last. Uh, they're seven and three uh, over the last ten, and they're seven and three against teams over five hundred. So they can score, they can win games, and we all know what the KD barrage is like. And it's going to come down to can you stop that? Can you stop that bleeding and score enough points to where you're not getting blown out? Uh, that's what it's going to come down to. But this team, they can go deep. They're a dangerous team. They are definitely the best team in the East to me. I think they're clearly the best team in the East, even though they are. there is a good 76ers team and a good uh, Milwaukee team. But I just think that the, the Nets are ahead of them, talent-wise, obviously. Talent-wise for many reasons. Um, but are they a complete team? Um, I don't know. I don't know. That remains to be seen. Also in the East, man, the Raptors are hitting their stride. I was very upset that cousin Fred Van Vliet did not get picked to be an All Star. Uh, but Zach Levine, man, let me let me where where are his numbers at? Because Zach Levine has been going nuts uh, for the Bulls. He's been going nuts. Give me one minute. Let me find that. Because I listen. I've been saying this. Every time I see a final stat line from somebody, I hit the group message like, dog, these dudes are hooping out of their souls. <laughs> They're hooping out of their bodies. Like, listen to this, man. Zach Levine has dropped 281 points in his last eight games. 38, 38 30, 37, 30, 26, 46, 35, 39. The only other bull with that many points in an eight-game span is, of course, Michael Jordan. This man is going crazy. For the Bulls right now and, and guys It feels like every Other night Somebody is dropping 50 points Who should not be Dropping 50 points Why is Nikola Jokic Dropping 50 points I have no idea But it happened Guys are hooping Out of their bodies Right now 
Like it's crazy And then I just Like I just feel like Every other night Damian Lillard Is hitting a A a ridiculous shot Or a clutch shot So When we start to talk about The MVP race Oh yeah I'm I'm putting him in that conversation Right now And if the Mavs Get when, when, When the Mavs get KP back And they start rolling And we see You know This back half of the season I'm gonna be looking at Luka To be get put in that conversation As well But It's it's not even I can't even say it's still early because the playoffs start when do the playoffs start? Uh I was just looking at this. Give me a minute. The key dates um for this season. The playoffs start Okay, yeah, we got the play on the play in tournament eighteenth through the twenty first, like they did in the bubble, and then the playoffs officially start May twenty second. So we got two full months of basketball left. So, still a lot of time left. Yeah, still a lot of time left. Definitely still a lot of time left. So, let's look at the West side of the NBA. Look at the standings over there. And I was genuinely surprised to see what the Jazz are doing, man. Because they are balling out. And they have a complete team. I believe that the Jazz have one of the only complete teams. Especially in the West. They're sitting at 25-6, and six, man. Only lost six games. you got the... The Clippers behind them at 23 and 10, and then the Lakers behind the Clippers at 22 and 10. Then the Suns in fourth place. The Suns are in fourth place. I'm going to say it again. The Suns are in fourth place at 120 and 10. They are 9 and 1 over their last 10. Second year in a row, you guys tried to send Chris Paul somewhere to die, man. You, you guys sent him to Oklahoma last year to die. What did he do? Got them to the playoffs. You sent him to Phoenix to die. What are the Suns doing? They're in fourth place. It's not going to work. Stop it. Stop trying to send CP3 off somewhere to die, man. He's a, he's a serious vet, man. He's a good vet. He's still got a lot left in the tank. And, and guys buy into what he, you know, sells. Especially young guys, man. So I, it's not surprising to me that the Suns are doing what they're doing. Right now in the season And I'm going to be excited to see what they do When we get into this back half of the season uh, So we got after the Suns In 5th place the Spurs the, Then 6th the Blazers 7th the Nuggets And then 8th place the Warriors So I, I mean like I said You look at the Jazz They're doing their thing They're balling They're going to they're gonna definitely pose problems for teams Come playoff time They just have to stay healthy of course I'm looking at the Lakers man they're clearly miss, missing AD. They're clearly missing AD. They've been dropping games, going overtime and dropping games. Uh, they're missing Schroeder and AD. Um, you know, they may have to make a move at the trade deadline. That's that's a team I'm looking at to make a to make a trade or or try to get Boogie to come back to LA. They need they need something else. They need something else. They definitely need something else. Um, so let's look at the back half. Uh, this is, I believe, this is just TNT's um, second half marquee matchups. So March 11th, we got Boston versus Brooklyn. Um, March 23rd, we oh, this is the doublehead. Okay, yeah, March 11th, we got Brooklyn versus Boston, and uh, the 10:30 the nightcap, uh, the Warriors versus the Clippers. Then we got the 23rd, we got the LA, the Lakers versus the Pelicans, the 25th, Philly versus LA. I'll be definitely tuning in for that. Um, April 1st, we got the Denver Nuggets versus the LA Clippers. April 8th, another rematch of the finals, man. We got the, the, the Lakers versus the Heat. That sounds so funny to me because I honestly forgot. 
that the Lakers and the uh, Heat were in the finals, bro. That's crazy. Still crazy to talk think about. Um, April 15th, we got the Celtics and the Lakers. Uh, April 22nd, I'm circling this one right now, man. 9.30 p.m. Eastern uh, time, man. The, the Lakers versus the Mavs. Then May 4th, May the 4th be with you. We got the the, uh, the Nets versus the Bucks, And then wrapping up for the back half of the TNT schedule, the national schedule, we got the Clippers versus L.A. Uh, let's see if I can find ESPN's uh, NBA schedule for the back half. Let's take a look. I want to see the full schedule. Oh, my goodness. My eyes. This is a lot. All right, here we go. Where we at right now? What is that, March, April? Oh, yeah, you know ESPN got hella games. All right, so let's see. Where we at right now? March 3rd, okay. I guess this week, yeah, this we consider the back half. The 14th. Yeah, all right, so we got Clippers against the Pelicans. Uh, Lakers at Golden State Monday, um, March 15th, Boston, Milwaukee on the 24th of March, okay, ooh, Brooklyn and Utah also on the 24th, that's the nightcap, I'm going to tune in for that one for sure, um, and ooh, another, uh, batch of Dallas versus Boston on the 31st, and then we get Giannis and the Bucks versus the LeBron and the Lakers on the 31st. I believe that the Nets and the Lakers will be playing. Um, is that an ESPN game? Because I think that's in April. Yeah, yeah, April 10th, Saturday night, man, 8.30. Lakers going to see uh, the uh, Brooklyn. And they'll stay in New York, and they'll be playing the Knicks that Monday night. I mean, so there's a lot of great games left on the schedule, a lot of, you know, potential playoff matchups, potential finals previews. It, it's going to be a good one. I'm excited to see. Now I'm tuned in. Now I'm ready to watch a lot of basketball. Yeah, when Mar- you know, when March rolls around, yeah, I start tuning in. So I'm ready to see some basketball, and I'm excited about that. So, yeah, man, we'll be talking more hoops these upcoming months. So I know you guys – I'm going to be excited about that. I know a lot of listeners love the hoops, man. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. Where to move next? Where to move next? All right. So, this past week, I'm sure you all saw the video that went viral with Cam Newton and that kid at his camp. Uh, so, I, I, wanted, I want to touch on that because I've seen, I've seen a lot of disrespect. I've seen a lot of Cam Newton disrespect. So, I, I want to touch on that. So, let me first start off by saying that, not even talking about the kid, but I feel like everybody needs to put some respect on Cam Newton's name. Let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, this this man is a former MVP. He's been to the Super Bowl. He's tasted the pinnacle of team success, and he has already reached the pinnacle of uh, singular uh Solo success. So let's not disrespect Cam Newton. This is a man who was battle back injuries. One of, to me, one of the most misunderstood uh, players in the NFL today. And teams tried. They they, they they tried to keep him out. They tried to keep him out. I saw it. I watched it. But they let him back in. The New England Patriots gave him a chance and a rightfully deserved shot at uh, redeeming himself after his last season with. The Panthers. So let me tell you this right now. I saw somebody on Twitter talking about Cam's stats in New England this past season. Okay, you got that. Eight touchdowns, ten interceptions. Cool. It wasn't pretty. But 
Let's not act like these aren't the same receivers. He didn't inherit the same receivers that led Tom Brady to flee to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady didn't throw 40 touchdowns last year uh, with that, that, that Patriots receiving core. This is the same receiver core that... That Tom Brady and them got bounced out of the wild card round for. This is the same. Like I said, man, I don't know what you guys thought he was going to do with this group. I really don't. New group of receivers. When your number one receiver is Julian Edelman, ladies and gentlemen, you have problems. You have problems. New offense, he's learning a new system. I don't know. This first year wasn't going to be 40 touchdowns and five interceptions. So I don't I don't I don't get why you know I don't see why the disrespect is warranted. And then what what really killed me about this particular set of tweets that I was seeing on my timeline is that this was coming from a Ravens fan. This is why I don't understand why Ravens fans get so upset when somebody speaks remotely bad about Lamar. It, it might not even be something like slanderous. It might just be constructive criticism and they just go all aboard the defending Lamar train and and I just I don't understand how you can, you know, be be a Lamar apologist and then flip the script and just slander cam newton like okay both won mvps you know one of them was able to him and his team was able to reach the super bowl one the other hasn't done that yet so let's let's not do that because the same things that people criticize lamar jackson for was the same things that they tried to criticize cam newton for at the height of his success so as a Ravens fan, as a Lamar fan, you should know that, and you shouldn't kick this man while he was, you know, having that down year, his last two down years. And there's always room for improvement, and you never know. Cam gets another shot somewhere else. He could have that resurgence that we are looking for him to have. So, relax. Relax. Now, now let's get into what happened at the camp. I don't want to spend, you know, too too much time on this because I want to wrap up with the NFL free agency and I'll get you guys out of here. But let, let, let's, let me just say this. You are given the opportunity to attend a camp like that. You, you clearly have some sort of talent. You, you clearly have some sort of talent and a future in the game of football. But to blatantly disrespect somebody who was there to help you and has already accomplished what you are seeking to achieve, that won't get you far in life at all. I don't care what the circumstances were. Cam clearly wasn't on that type of time. So for you to have that opportunity... To be face-to-face with a former NFL MVP. Be face-to-face with someone who has reached the pinnacle of sports success. To be around the same, just be in the same vicinity as somebody who has done that. You should, shouldn't take that for granted. And have, you should have the utmost respect. I didn't find it funny. I didn't think it was cute. It was disrespectful. 
Cam handled it the right way. But this is why I don't put I don't put too much thought into trolls or or people who you know spend their day in bleacher report comment sections or spend their uh work breaks in ESPN comment sections or or in the mentions of athletes I don't I don't give them credit I don't get anybody with an athlete as their profile picture I'm not taken seriously you're a troll so to see a real life troll be dealt with that way it was it was it's it's always shocking to me to see somebody with that type of gall especially in this situation because it wasn't like he was at a game it wasn't like he was at uh, you know, just saw Cam out in the street. No, this was at a camp. This is where this man took his time out to come to you and your teammates to help you guys grow and, and, and continue your journey on the football path. So for you to act that way there is just extremely disrespectful and intolerable. Put some respect on what Cam Newton has done. In the league and done outside of the league. Put some respect on his name. Simple as that. Simple as that. I think that's all I had for that. So let's uh get into a couple of things. I'm not gonna because you know free agency stuff doesn't start to what? March third? I wanna make sure I'm correct. March seventeenth. See, we're 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 you know, what, three weeks out? Three weeks out. So I just wanted to talk about really just Aaron Jones and the and Dak Prescott situation. Because I think, you know, two different situations but but very, you know, uh important high high profile situations that we're gonna be looking at this upcoming free agency. And then I'll get you guys out of here. Okay, so before I get into Dak and uh Aaron Jones, all I'm saying is streets are saying that um J.J. Watts, final three, allegedly, allegedly, Buffalo, Tennessee, and Green Bay. Now, if this is true, out of all three of those teams, I really think that Tennessee has the best chance. I think that Tennessee is a landing spot, but for him, or if the, you know, maybe a J.J. and Clowney reunion stays in the AFC South, another strong AFC team that, you know, can can make a run hey i can see it but we all know where i wanted to go i want him to come home to west canton and come to green bay and play with us but we'll see man we'll see now speaking of green bay we we all know that the the price of aaron jones is high and we know that green bay has offered uh they've been you know they've had negotiations and nothing has come up come of it and uh, you know the 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 selling point, the fall off for them, has been the uh, the guaranteed money hasn't been high enough for Aaron Jones. And I get it, I get it, man. You want your money regardless, and especially at the running back position where you know you can, you are one of the most, um, you know, physical, if not the most physical, most high impact position on the field. You know that there is uh. A shorter lifespan 
I'll say for running backs, with the exception of Frank Gore and Adrian Peterson, Peterson who are they're vampires. They don't count. But outside of them, there is a shorter lifespan in the NFL when you talk about running backs. So I can understand why a running back like Aaron Jones wants the guaranteed money and not only wants it but deserves the guaranteed money. So I get it. I do. Now here's an option for the Green Bay. But Green, it, it's there's a lot of things looking bad for Green Bay. Between losing potentially losing Corey Lindsley and, and Rick Wagner, this this O line is losing its strength. If you don't have O line, you can't run the ball. You don't have O line, you can't set up the pass. So with, without the O line, there's no rhythm in your offense. So not only could you potentially lose, you know, half your O line, you could also lose half your backfield and almost all of your backfield if Jamal uh, Jamal Williams walks as well. This is not looking good for Green Bay. This is the Green Bay Packers team who has went to two straight NFC title games and fallen short both times. When we talk about windows and, you know, windows closing, it's starting to you, – you have to ask yourself, especially as a Packers fan, even with Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, you have to look in the mirror and ask yourself and be realistic here and ask, did our window just close? In January, when we lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, did our window just close? There's no guarantee that we have that same team. There's no guarantee that we go far with the team that we could have come this September. That far with the team that we have come this September. So you have to ask yourself, did we miss our chance? That remains to be seen. But it's not looking good. And it's 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 only February and you know, anything can happen to a certain extent. They could franchise tag or transitional tag Aaron Jones and keep him for another year at a, a fixed price and then try to work on a long term goal. I mean a long a long term deal this upcoming season. That could happen, but I think that we need to start coming coming, you know, face to face with the reality and face the music that is Aaron Jones could be on the move. And if Aaron Jones is on the move, my landing spot for him is Miami. If you follow Aaron Jones on Instagram, you know he has not left Miami since the season was over. He's been down there uh pretty much all month. And I think that, you know, he's a southern boy. He's from Texas. He's that's his that's his type of weather right there. You know, Miami South Beach that's his scene. He 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 he's been down there shirtless all month. The man has been living his best life after dealing with the frigid temperatures of Green Bay since probably what the month of October. So yeah, man, I I I would love to see Aaron Jones if he's not with Green Bay. I would love to see him go somewhere and not only get paid but get played. I would like to see him you know, get his touches and 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 be used to his strength and, you know, his best abilities, you know, because he is an elite running back in this league and should be paid and treated as such. Even though we can talk about how LaFleur uses him and how McCarthy used him, but, you know, I feel like he was underutilized in Green Bay to a certain extent. He wasn't getting the touches that I feel like he deserved. I feel like in Green Bay, Jamal Williams was getting a lot of the load in certain situations. And, you know, situational football is a real thing. And I just think that when we are, you know, after Aaron Jones gets a 60-60-yard 60, 60 run, he should be able to finish his meal. We shouldn't be calling in our second our second string back to finish his runs off. No, especially for fantasy football purposes, if you hear me. But listen, man, I, I just feel like 
Aaron Jones, you know, he just deserves he deserves the best. He deserves the best, and I just want the best for him. And will I be sad if he leaves, ultimately leaves Green Bay? Absolutely. I'll be heartbroken, especially for the fact that this, you know, when, before the season started, I just got a Green Bay Aaron Jones jersey to my collection, so I'll be pretty upset about that. But, man, look, man, I, I'm, I'm with Aaron Jones. Wherever he goes, I'm going to be supporting him and, you know, looking to get him on my fantasy team regardless. But, um, yeah, man, I just want to see everybody eat who deserves to eat, you know. And that's the same sentiment for Dak Prescott. I, I really don't understand what the problem is with getting him paid, especially after the injury he suffered this season. He was having a good year before then. It's clear, look, on this show, I believe I've when, when Zeke was going through his contract situations, I probably was on here saying that Zeke was the Cowboys and they need him, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say the exact same thing about Dak Prescott. Andy Dalton couldn't get the job done. I believe that the Cowboys do need Dak Prescott because they can't just run off the back of Ezekiel Elliott anymore, clearly. Clearly. And that receiving core, you know, it has potential with Dak Prescott, but you can't just put in an Andy Dalton and assume that you're going to win 10 or 12 games. I just don't see that. So I, I don't understand why Dak Prescott can't get paid. If Carson Wentz can get paid, Dak Prescott can get paid. If Kirk Cousins can get paid, Dak Prescott can get paid. Do you understand me? There are quarterbacks who uh, I feel that Dak Prescott is you know better than that has gotten a paid a pretty penny over these last couple of years so you're, you're down there in big d in dallas jared you got all the money in the world pay that man like what's the hold up honestly what is the hold up what's stopping you from paying him? what's stopping you what's stopping you like i i, I don't get it i don't get it i don't get it that, this is supposed to be a franchise quarterback and you, you guys are treating him like a second-class citizen. Same thing, you know, that's going. What, what's wrong with Texans, man? Texas is wild. You got Houston and Deshaun Watson, then you got Dallas and Dak Prescott. Uh, I, I don't get it, man. Pay these guys. Pay these guys. It's not like that Zeke situation. It's not like you're paying a running back. You're paying your quarterback. You're paying your quarterback. Well, if he can't get paid there, I'm sure he can get paid elsewhere. Hell, the Washington football team could pay him. I'm just saying, man, these guys, they know their worth, especially when they know that at any given moment, this could all be over. This man's ankle snapped. His career could have been over and he would not have had any guaranteed money to fall back on because you guys had him playing under a franchise tag. So, yeah, you, you gotta you gotta pay these guys, man. You gotta you gotta pay him. You got to. I, I don't think you have a choice. I don't think you have a choice. You got to pay that man. He he deserves it. It's clear that this is his team. Um, you know, this isn't just a team that can be a ship that can be righted by, you know, just anybody. I think that this team, they play hard for Dak. They love Dak. And it's just his team, man. He fits in that system. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I hope Dak gets paid. I hope Dak gets paid. And, you know, I hope Aaron Jones gets paid wherever that may be. Ever that may be, um, I think that's all I got for you guys, man. Um, be on the lookout for. I probably post a little hype video for Canelo on Saturday. Um, nothing on YouTube this week. I wasn't able to do that. I wasn't able to be um 
you know, I had to, you know, the isolation and everything, wasn't able to be in the stew. So, uh, no YouTube this week, but I'll probably, I might give you guys two of them, two YouTube jar- drops this upcoming week to make up for what I've missed. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Um, make sure you continue to subscribe to the YouTube channel, man. Let's go. Let's keep let's keep those numbers up. Keep listening to the episodes, man. Even if you haven't, go back and listen to every episode I dropped this month. It's been a good month for the show, especially a Black History Month episode, man. So February is in the books, ladies and gentlemen. February is in the books. We're on to March, man. We're on to March. Um, so thank you guys for listening. Thank you for all the love, support. Uh, Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Eric Lyons TV. Follow the uh, podcast at Electrified Pod on Instagram. Um, thank you, man. Shout out to Stadium Scene TV and everybody, man. I love you guys. Appreciate you. For the 130th time, I'm Eric Lyons. You have just been Electrified.